0: This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz.
1: This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. One of the first measures of stocks for the March Quarterly Stocks Report is made from the fact that USDA significantly reduced 2020 production in the annual production report. There's not as much supply to begin with. As a result of the late season drought negatively impacting yields in the western Corn Belt, farmers did not get bins full. They also found out that given poor yields, that they had sold a much larger portion of their crop than planned for in forward sales. The breakdown of what farmers still hold and what commercials control will be interesting. There should be a regional difference as to where the stocks are. Both corn and soybean export sales have nearly reached USDA projections for the entire marketing year, ending in September, and it is only March. Given that U.S. export sales of corn and soybeans are so front-loaded this year, that should show up in smaller stocks remaining. Brazil had harvest delays for soybeans and had sold out of corn, so China came here for supply. Looking at a corn basis map, the biggest competition for corn going to export from the eastern Corn Belt is Plain State's feed demand. Texas and Kansas feed lots are bidding it away from the river. There's a lot of corn locked up in the northern Corn Belt for feed and ethanol demand. Poor 2020 yields have tightened stocks in the western Corn Belt. On my farm, the sub-APH crop yield made a huge difference. We produce less, but demand interests are using more. That should mean an early drawdown in stocks. Soybean basis levels are currently 20 cents under here at the local crush plant. Months of record crush has to have depleted regional soy supply. USDA has told everyone essentially that no rationing was necessary, so why would end users be worried? The 30-day SOI is a negative 1.8. That is pulling the 90-day average down to where it is currently 9.9. A positive 8 is La Nina. The La Nina is therefore fading and neutralizing. The climatologists that we follow all agree on one thing, however, and that is that the temperature of Pacific water off the coast of California highly influences corn belt summer moisture. That NOAA map is still very blue with cold water from the equator to California. Cold water means less evaporation and less moisture flowing into the United States from the Pacific. Nutrient Ag Solutions climate scientist Eric Snogras says, The La Nina has faded to neutral conditions, but the cooler water off the west coast must be monitored closely through the next six months. If the ocean temperature pattern does not change through May and June, there is substantial risk for Corn Belt drought, unquote. The eastern Corn Belt would have less to worry about as they get more moisture flow from the Gulf. Eric forecast the wet conditions in northern Brazil that delayed the soybean harvest and corn planting there, Now we forecast the risk is that they dry out there with a premature end to the wet season. Soil moisture reserves were drawn down last season and have not yet been replenished. Here in Lake Okobogee in northwest Iowa, the dock and hoist business are a cottage industry and they are worried about the low water level. They say it will take 8 inches of rain just to soak soils before the lake level will rise significantly. It will take a lot of rain before we get standing water in fields. That should mean that crops go in on time this year with little risk of a prevent plant from wet conditions. The exception may be the southeast corn belt where the wet systems seem to track. If there is to be any prevent plant, it would likely be in that region. There are some wet areas in southern Missouri and Illinois at the Delta as well as on the east coast. Every acre is needed this year. On the hogs, USDA releases the March hog report at 2 p.m. Thursday. Trade estimates for all hogs and pigs center around 100%. They expect a breeding herd of 98.7% and market inventory again near 100 Market numbers are run just slightly under December report projections. Frankly, the big story has been who owns the hogs compared to raw numbers. Integrated producers align with other producers to bid up the value of hogs. I never saw that one coming, but like the result. Packers who do not own hogs have been unable to recover kill costs from the pork values. There are no complaints about pork demand, but hog values have climbed more than pork values have. This experience likely incentivizes packers to own more hogs. The model worked. It's also worked so well that hog producers will have no trouble paying the feed bill for $5 corn. Corn is still $10.60 in China, and while there have been some outbreaks of African swine fever, there's no sign in markets that this round of the virus is anywhere near as serious as the first, Beijing provided the incentive to expand the herd using autocratic control of capitalist incentives. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version
0: of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com.